Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Got to hang in here with me today a little bit. I have caught the cold that is raging around our community, so my voice is a little hoarse. I've got a little bit of a cough and a stuffy nose, but I am here to hold the conversation that we want to every day. Nonetheless, just be a little patient with me. Also, I want to tell you about two cool events coming up before we get the show started. Uh, Are you really into politics? You can join me and the WDET team to watch the next Democratic debate on November 20th, upstairs in the Huma Room at Hopcat on Woodward in Midtown Detroit. We're going to get together at about 7.30 and we'll have some trivia and have some fun. We'll talk about politics and the shaping up of the 2020 campaign. And then we will all watch the debate together. It is free to attend, but we are asking people to register to join us at WDET.org slash events. Also, Aaron Glantz, a senior reporter for Reveal, which is heard Tuesdays here at 2 p.m. on WDET, has a new book called Homewreckers, How a Gang of Wall Street Kingpins, Hedge Fund Magnets, Crooked Banks, and Vulture Capitalists Suckered Millions Out of Their Homes and Demolished the American Dream. You can see him at the Detroit Public Library on November 21st at 6 p.m. There is more information about that event as well at WDET.org slash events. Up first today, the House's impeachment inquiry is now happening out in the open after two weeks of testimony that took place behind closed doors. The first public hearing featured the testimony of two longtime diplomats who had grave concerns about President Trump's actions in Ukraine. George Kent and Bill Taylor provided a masterclass in Ukraine's importance to the United States interests around the world, and they pointed out why they thought President Trump's actions threatened our interests and our national security. Now that this is all happening on live TV and radio in real time, we wanted to hear from some of the people who are weighing these questions in Congress and talk to some other folks who are paying really close attention to these uh, hearings and making up their minds. But we also want to hear from you this hour. Tell us if you watched or listened to the hearings yesterday. What did you hear from George Kent and uh, Bill Taylor that maybe changed your mind? Did it sort of fill in some of the blanks that you had, some of the things that you didn't quite know or understand about this call between President Trump and the leader of Ukraine? Also, give us a call and tell us if you think these hearings make sense the way that they are being conducted. We saw more time being given to each side to be able to ask questions of the witnesses yesterday. Does that work better than the five-minute segments that we've seen in previous hearings where you just get started with questioning and then all of a sudden it's somebody else's turn on the other side of the aisle to talk with that witness? Also, give us a sense of how you think Democrats who control the House of Representatives are handling all of this. We have seen uh, we've seen impeachment hearings before, 20 some years ago with Bill Clinton when Republicans controlled Congress. Uh, do you think that the Democrats are doing this fairly? Do you think that they're doing it in a way that avoids 
the look of partisanship that might compromise the idea that you could impeach this president. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And kicking us off today with her reactions to what we saw and heard yesterday is somebody who was among the very first people in the country to call for these hearings to take place. Rashida Tlaib is a congresswoman from here in Michigan. She represents Michigan's 13th district. Rashida, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, always great to have you here. Uh, Let's start with your reaction to the hearings yesterday. Did you hear anything? Did you see anything that made you think differently about this? Uh, Did you feel like uh, Democrats were able to make the case through the witnesses that they called that the president did something here that is extraordinary and perhaps impeachable? I think for folks to know, you know, I sit on the House Oversight Committee, so some of what we heard from Ambassador uh, Taylor especially, I I sat in uh, a a huge chunk of his uh, deposition that we had with him uh, uh, some time ago, that wasn't new other than the fact that he did reveal another source um, uh, of information that confirmed uh, some of the, you know, obviously ag- allegations that the president of the United States was using our taxpayer dollars to uh, bribe, extort, uh, you know, whatever the terminology folks want to use uh, to basically, you know, for political gain, for self-interest. But yesterday, I think it wasn't really Democrats or Republicans. It's the fact that I think, uh, you know, I, I, and personally, I felt so proud as an American to see two Foreign Service folks. I mean, these are folks that have worked under a Republican and a Democratic president. They are putting our democracy in, uh, first and our country first. Uh, and that's Ambassador Taylor and George Kent. I mean, they, to me, spoke the truth, uh, no matter how... No matter either side trying to spin it, the truth is that this is information that they had firsthand knowledge about um, that is very much um, coincide and and supported by the whistleblower uh, allegation and the the complaint that was put forward. All this is a process that's coming forward that no one can deny uh, at this point from the transcripts uh, of the call to all of the people that touched uh, the issue around Ukraine and our assistance to Ukraine, that there was some wrongdoing here. Um, and it was just confirmation for me. I was just relieved that finally it is now open. It's transparent. It's now through a public hearing process that the American people all can hear the same thing that I heard uh, in, in, in closed doors. Mm. Uh, and again, um, you know, Stephen, just for folks to know, uh, other folks are coming forward without revealing. You'll see much of what we were worried about is is very much confirmed by a number of folks. And these are, again, uh, government officials that have worked for our, you know, country for years in different roles, but they they don't have any political gain here. Hmm. They're just speaking the truth and giving the facts uh, to the United States Congress. Uh, and they're doing they're doing their due diligence in their job. 
and I, I really do commend them for that. So I, I want to get you to respond to a criticism of this entire process that I've heard a number of times from Republicans. And I, I think they are specifically talking about you when they when they level this criticism. They, they say that Democrats have been looking for a reason to impeach this president since the very beginning and that this is just one in the latest or the latest in a series of things that they have felt uh, they, they could go ahead and, and hold hearings on and that this is kind of a show, that it's a foregone conclusion that they will want to impeach the president. You're somebody who has talked very strongly about the need to hold hearings to determine uh, whether this president has done things that are impeachable. How do you convince people that this isn't just a setup, that this isn't just jumping at whatever opportunity you can to do something you always wanted to do? No, and for folks to know, I, I, I represent the 13th Congressional District that believed before the Ukraine call that there was impeachable offenses, mm-hmm. including not following the United States Constitution. You know, when you take the oath of office, there's a clause in there that says you have to divest in your foreign investment, uh, Stephen. I mean, it's very clear. I mean, this is before any of us were born. Mm-hmm. And so for many of my residents, again, this is the third poorest congressional district that I represent. And when the whole conversation happened before, again, I got elected, was around this, this the, the fact that people were staying at the Trump Hotel Right. And that there are all these weird kind of um, uh, actions done by like T-Mobile spending two hundred thousand dollars, you know, at the Trump Hotel in the same breath that they were trying to get the merger done. And and the merger would increase costs to many of my residents, uh, impact workers and so forth. It may be the Ukraine call that got us to this point. But many Americans, especially those in my district, they felt that that the the fact that he hasn't upheld the United States Constitution through his actions of not divesting in businesses was enough. I mean, I think some of the seniors were – I love my seasoned residents, Stephen, because they'll say to me, oh, it's like a CEO is running their business out of the Oval Office while he's supposed to be making decisions in the best interest of the American people. Mm. So for me, I wasn't looking for a reason. I, I can tell you this, Stephen. This may have gotten us the Ukraine call and the bribing of a foreign government – extorting from a former, I mean, that may have gotten us to 218 uh, folks supporting the inquiry. But before that, there was a significant, a majority of Democrats, majority, before the Ukraine call, were believing that there needed to be an investigation, that there needed to be an inquiry. And all of this is our responsibility. I mean, doing nothing at this point, again, before the Ukraine call, I didn't feel like it was an option, especially because this president, it, again, from the racist abuse of power, the fact that we had to take him to court not once, twice, but three times to stop separating children at the border, Mm. that's abuse of power. The fact that we had to hold three members of his cabinet in contempt, I mean, this is pretty historic, in contempt for not complying with congressional subpoenas, that's an impeachable offense, Stephen. But yes, right now, the focus is on the Ukraine call, but for many of my residents, many of my neighbors throughout Wayne County, are saying, well, if it's going to be that to hold him accountable for his lawless behavior, fine. But we know before that there was a number of actions that were criminal, that were abusive, that for much of us, we believe that should have been enough to have hearings. But we're at a place right now that this finally got to the level of both, I think, Republicans, Democrats, independents, people all across the country are saying, wow, this really impacts our national security. 
When does it end? And I think the American people are exhausted. Of course we are. But this is the process that's dealt with us. This is the only way we can at least have a public open process. We're not the ones who can impeach him. We're the ones who can get the evidence together, right? Send that, send those articles to the Senate and have the Senate then proceed. But that's what is provided to us as members of Congress. This is the process that we have to go through to get there. Some people want to use this as some sort of conspiracy theory. This is not, I mean, we didn't pick up the phone and tell the president of Ukraine Hmm. these things. I mean, this actually, actually happened. And there's nothing they say or do or twist or turn will change that. And the fact that he did it, he made this call the day after the Mueller testimony. That shows you the, the extent that he feels untouchable, right? That he feels like he's not beholden to the American people or upholding the United States Constitution. And lastly, Stephen, I mean, I think it's really critically important. Again, one of my seasoned residents said to me, you know, Rashida, I keep hearing him say, when I took over the United States, well, Mr. President, you don't take over the United States. You serve the American people. You don't, this is not a dictatorship. This is, you get elected, you have to abide by the law of the land, which is the United States Constitution. We all have to uphold this, Stephen. And again, I can reiterate to people, this is not some sort of attempt. Of course, for me, it was actions and facts. And the fact that we have these are specifics that I can't change. These are actual actions that were taken by this president. And again, you know, basically having to go to court. And we keep winning all these court decisions recently by, you know, uh, the fact that he's saying he doesn't have to provide this information to Congress. Well, yes, you do. Uh, This is consistent with the fact that he does believe he's above the law. And I think that's one thing that is bipartisan in our country is we believe no one should be above the law. So so if it's bipartisan, though, why, why did we see such a divide yesterday in the House? And why do we think that there are no senators yet who have been able to say, Republican senators who say, hey, I think this is something we need to look into. What, what will it take, I guess, to reflect that bipartisanship in, in Congress? I think I'm optimistic that it's the American people that I'm depending on, not the people here, because that's going to be what moves the senators, what moves the members of of this chamber. And I can tell you more and more people, American people for different political backgrounds are starting to be awakened. And it's those amazing Americans that are coming forward to speak the truth. That's who folks are going to believe and understand, because it didn't take me uh, you know, it took me hearing and looking at the transcripts and coming to the depots to understand the extent of what this means for our country, for the president of the United States to pick up the phone and basically extort from another country for political gain and what that really meant for our future and for, um, you know, for us, and for our democracy. And so I really believe and so optimistic that this change and, and what's going to happen in this Congress is driven from outside of the halls of Congress. And when the American people start going to these town halls with all my colleagues, and this is exactly what I saw with many Democrats, when they came from their August recess, Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, you saw a dramatic shift of people saying, what are you doing about the president? And I feel like even after Veterans Day this past uh, week, this, this past Monday, many of my veterans who are Republicans told me, you got to do something about this president and, and keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. And I feel like that shift is happening. It may not be 
you know, seen very evident into uh, right now in the halls of Congress, but it's coming because that's what drives transformative change. That's what drives, I think, change within this institution is when the American people are awakened and when the American people demand it. And I'm very optimistic that they will see the truth and they will demand uh, that the U.S. senators do something about it. Okay, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, Democrat who represents Michigan's 13th District. It is always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right. Up next, we're going to talk with Ron Fournier and John Truscott of the Truscott-Rossman firm about impeachment. And we want to continue to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll get to your calls next as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.